<clears throat> this morning we consider the first seven words of Matthew 5.13. You are the salt of the earth. And it starts with a question. Are you worth your salt? Now where did that saying come from anyway? Well, back in the Roman Empire, a soldier was paid with salt. And if, and if he wasn't worth his salt, well, then he wasn't paid. They would hand out rations of salt to their soldiers and civil servants. And when these rations eventually were changed to actual money, um, then it went by a term called salarium. And from that, we get the word salary. But it all started with payments of salt. Having salt back in those days meant you had power. Uh, entire empires were built around salt in West Africa in the 1200s and 1300s. Salt could be traded ounce for ounce for gold back in those days. It was so valuable. And why? Because it was an effective preservative for food. Now, we take preservation of food pretty much for granted these days whenever we stick something in the fridge or freezer. But back in Jesus' day, people had to deal with how to prevent the decomposition of meat, especially. They added salt because it has antibacterial properties. When salt is introduced into the meat, the salt absorbs the moisture through the cell walls, which results in the death of the bacteria, and voila, the meat is preserved. So, therefore, Jesus' disciples knew exactly what he meant when he called them the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. We don't have to look long before finding examples of moral decay in our world. And as salt of the earth, Jesus was giving his disciples the responsibility of trying to combat and hinder the process of moral decay. And uh, we know that, excuse me, I skipped ahead too far. Um, yeah, morality and decadence were very prominent back then. Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So plenty of decadence was going on in those days. And it's even worse today, we are told. A few years ago, a policeman here in Eau Claire shared with me that if the common citizens of Eau Claire only knew the amount of drug trafficking in our two public high schools here, North and Memorial, the community, the whole community would rise up as a whole and do whatever it takes to put an end to it. And even for us at Emmanuel on our smaller campus, temptations are <clears throat> arriving in our hearts and minds every day, confronting us. We are told that the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. And this is becoming more and more apparent. And the last thing that Jesus wants us to do is to blend in. Instead of blending, Jesus wants us to be salt 
in this world of decadence. But there is more to that passage. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its flavor, how will it become salty again? Then it is no good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled on by people. We must do the work of preservation. We must point out to others why or what is not God-pleasing in this world. But if we lose our flavor or that saltiness, we are no longer an effective preservative. So the question is, what is our saltiness? It is our distinctive Christianity. That's what we have within us. It's not of our own making, of course. It was put there by the Holy Spirit. Whenever we point out error, we are not putting ourselves on a pedestal in some sort of holier-than-thou sort of way. We are putting our Lord on a pedestal in a loving sort of way. We are to proclaim Christ and His coming and do it out of love. It's inspired by the love He has for us. Jesus wants us to lovingly live our Christianity. In so doing, we will be the preservative He wants us to be. Think of all the animals that God has created with instincts that are kind of installed into the animal, like the survival instinct to fly south in the fall, like the ducks, geese, and even the monarch butterflies are doing right now, or the instinct of a salmon in the ocean to swim toward the shore and swim up the correct river and each progressively smaller and smaller tributary dodging the danger against all odds, and she finally arrives at the spot to lay her eggs in the exact place where she was born. It's really incredible what God has installed as instinct in these animals. But what's even more amazing what, is what he has installed in us, our distinctive Christianity given to us by the Holy Spirit. It is, it is not noticed by others, however, until we use it. This saltiness is Jesus dwelling within us. Question has to be asked, can you go too far? Can we go too far in our saltiness? Sure, too much salt will ruin the meat. The Puritans used to publicly punished those who didn't go to church. They had a do-it-or-else practice. It led to people doing the right thing for the wrong reason. Likewise, the Pharisees had rules upon rules that forced compliance among the people. Jesus called them on this because what they were doing was robbing the people of the free gift of salvation that should give them joy. A balance is called for when introducing salt. It should be done in love. We also have to remember that we ourselves need salt. We are infested with the bacteria of sin. Its effect in us is to separate us from God. But our personal salt is our personal Savior, Jesus Christ. 
And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Indeed, He gives us our own saltiness, if you will, so that we are equipped to combat perversion in this world. A great example of salt in a human being, I guess, is Martin Luther, right? He spoke out against the errors he saw. And 500 years later, we are to do the same. As the Apostle Paul urged Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. When I look out at the bleachers, I see a wide diversity of students. Some of you are quite bold. You speak out when you feel strongly about something. For those of you who are bold, let Christ use your boldness as a preservative in the world, much like he used Martin Luther. But keep away from the ditch of legalism on your far right where the Puritans and the Pharisees were. Use your salt, but do it in love. For those of you who are quieter and you wish to lead by example, go ahead and, and do that. Lead by example. Go about your life in a God-pleasing way, faithful to Him, but stay clear of that ditch on the far left, the ditch of tolerance. When you're too afraid to speak up and things, when things are slipping away and your morals are being compromised, I mean, there comes a time when you just have to stand up and speak up for Jesus. It's one of the reasons we're here. So are you worth your salt? Jesus thinks so. He loves you enough to have died for you. And now he calls you the salt of the earth. He equips you with the truth and what you need to say so that others may come to a knowledge of the truth. Don't try so hard to blend in. Stick out a little bit. Let people see and hear who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you. To God be the glory. Amen. We close with the hymn verse on the screen.